BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And we are once again thrilled to be joined by the wonderful, the magnificent, the majestic Bridget Todd. Welcome, Bridget. Thank you for having me back. So excited to chat with you all today. Happy holiday season, kind of, sort of. I guess we're <laughs> sort of getting there, kind of. Getting there, yes. We are, we are. I, feel, I have that weird feeling of like, before you get on like a school break or something today. Right. Um, we yes. are trying to like get together and do all the things very quickly. <laughs> yes. So we can actually maybe take a break. How have you been, Bridget? Do you have, have you had any breaks or any breaks coming up? Not really breaks. I did spend a nice weekend in one of my favorite places, Woodstock, New York. Um, I don't know if anyone has been to that area, like upstate New York, Catskills, Woodstock. It's so lovely. Um, I, I try to get up there once a fall season to like, look at the leaves. It's so nice. Yeah, I'm also looking forward to Thanksgiving. I am also in that vibe where... You know, when you officially start being like, let's circle back in January. Let's talk about it in the new year. <laughs> yes. I'm in that vibe. I'm like, if it, right. if it wasn't on my radar by now, it's certainly not going on my radar now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, I am with you. Although we might be circling back with you about coming back and talking about more Scream stuff because that was so fun. <laughs> I saw you did the Scream 6 episode and mm -hmm. I watched the Scream version that you said was like, Harvey Weinstein-esque. I thought that was a really inspired take. I don't want to give anything away, but I would never have, if, if you had not said that, I would not have been watching with an eye for that. And I was like, oh my God, what an inspired take. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You are now my best friend. Get out of Samantha. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, no, we might be doing some more content around that. So, you know. Yeah, we're still looking at it. Yes, 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 yes. But uh, in the meantime, speaking of the holidays, this is a topic I know nothing about. I am very excited to learn about it. And it does relate. Uh, so can you tell us, what are we talking about today, Bridget? Yes. So with the holiday season sort of being here, um, it always makes me think of my least favorite activity, which is holiday shopping. I hate holiday shopping. I don't like doing it. It's such a pain in the butt. Um, but I have a question, kind of a related question for both of you. Have you ever watched QVC or the Home Shopping Network? I I think I have in sort of the parody. Like, I've seen parodies of it more than I've watched it. I will say, though, I worked for what was probably not a great company when I was in high school selling knives. Cutco? Uh, <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> that was a big brand. I don't know how I got involved in it. Like, looking back, I'm confused at how it happens. Um, but I remember kind of saying the things 
that I would hear on like QVC to try to sell these knives to older women that were like, how old are you? What are you doing? (laughs) Why is there a high schooler trying to sell me kitchen knives? I feel like a lot of college students did this because I had several friends uh, in my college days doing that. And the guarantee of they will always sharpen it for the rest of your life, guaranteed sharp knives. I don't know if they do. I need to ask my friends if they actually do that anymore. For the QVC, I feel like you're dating me a little bit, but mainly because my mother went in on the QVC. And I know there was one year, one Christmas year, where everything, as where previously when we were children, it was from the Sears catalog, Christmas catalog, which everybody looked forward to. Then it went to the QVC and everything came from QVC. And I was like, what the hell (laughs) is this oven meant for? (laughs) Essentially. (laughs) And coming into the house and seeing QVC going. uh, Marie Osmond was the spokesperson during that time frame, I want to say. And my mother was all in. Yeah, I have spent a lot of time watching QVC in my life. It was like, I don't really know how this started, but like, you know, when you're in college and you and your friends are getting stoned and maybe you have a specific thing that you watch for a laugh. Ours was QVC and Home Shopping Network. I don't know why. And it had this like, like we did it as a joke, but I actually did quite enjoy the spectacle of it. There's a kind of like grotesque kind of spectacle to watching somebody in an over-the-top way, like, try to sell you a pantsuit at 2 a.m. on live television. Uh, But here is the thing that I wanted to talk about today. As much as I enjoyed being stoned and watching QVC when I was in college, it feels like scrolling TikTok these days feels a lot more like scrolling a virtual version of QVC or the Home Shopping Network. More over-the-top ads than ever, and the whole thing feels a little bit, like, dystopian. Annie, I know that you're not big on scrolling TikTok, but Sam, you are on TikTok. Have you noticed this? Have you seen more ads on the platform? Well, weirdly, like the things that I've seen are live videos for shops, which really threw me off because I don't like lives anyway. I'm like, well, I don't I don't want to do this because oftentimes lives, Annie, are just like people sitting. Yeah, I, I stumbled onto a gamer who was pretending to sleep apparently for like an hour to get likes. Like that's the way they have to wake him up. And these like uh, awards and such gives them actual money. Um, and I didn't know this. I was like, why is he pretending to sleep? I am so confused. But on top of that, so the lives already like give me the ick because it feels odd. And because I don't choose, it's not people you follow. It's just for your for your feed, essentially. And so when I come into shops, I'm even more confused because at the bottom it has like 20% off, 30% off, and then you accidentally click the button then you can't get out because it takes you to three different sites and you're like, what the hell am I in? What did I just do? Yes, I also don't really like lives. Like, like I love to consume content on uh, TikTok from people I don't follow, but something about the lives, I immediately am like, no. Yeah. It's usually sometimes yeah. it's like a split screen or people are arguing about something. Like, I just yes. don't like it, don't wanna see it. Don't need it. What I like about TikTok is that it's a platform that seems like it's full of regular people telling like a funny or engaging story compared to a platform like Instagram that to me has always felt like a polished, you know, influencer setting up an unattainable or aspirational life thing, right? But on TikTok now, those engaging regular people are now like selling you something. You know, when you scroll, you get regular, you know, polished professional TikTok ads and TikToks that look like normal videos, but they say eligible for commission on the bottom, where it's like not exactly an ad ad, but the person who is talking to you like they're your friend does happen to like be telling you about a product they want you to buy and that they get a cut of if you do. TikToker Grace Purcell actually described it really well. She said that TikTok is feeling like Shein and AliExpress had a baby. Two, like, (laughs) fast fashion retailers that y'all might be familiar with. Right. So I do have a question, and you might not know the answer to this, because I've seen a lot of the four eligible, but it's on things that are either older, like, have been, like, I might not have crossed it earlier, and then you click on the date, and it'll like, oh, it was a month ago, to things that are just fan cam videos. So... (laughs) I am on a lot of K-pop TikTok, don't judge, or K-drama TikTok. Um, And they're not really eligible to sell anything. It's just 
individuals who like to pull, show portions of like clips of a show or clips of a, of a, a performance. And I'm, it says eligible. I'm like, wait, do they choose to put that on there? Or is that just TikTok's like, hey, I'm going to put this on there? Great question. I'm not 100% sure. So if anybody listening is like, that's not correct, let me know. My understanding is that in order to be eligible for TikTok's affiliate creator program, you, a creator has to have 5,000 or more followers. And so I think that when it says eligible for commission, I think that that is TikTok's way of saying, hey, this person, it's like a badge saying like, hey, this person has oh. met the requirements in order to be able to be part of TikTok's affiliate program. That's what oh. I think. Okay. Don't 100% quote me on that. Yeah, because that scares me and makes me like, I don't want to buy anything from you. Get away from me. Yeah, <laughs> Immediately I, run. Well, that's kind of the thing that I that I want to talk about today is that I feel like something about the experience of being on TikTok, which previously had been this platform to like consume, whether it's your K-pop fan cams or whatever, <laughs> now having everything feel like kind of spammy just feels kind of sus. Like it just feels scammy. It feels weird. And I don't know that it's really lending itself to an experience that feels like a place where you would want to enter your financial information, for instance, you know? Right. I think a lot of it feels like I'm be like, like you said, I feel like I'm being scammed, which I'm already like very overly cautious of because it's constant as it is, whether it's misinformation um, from some things, because we know a, a lot of things are happening, TikTok and in Instagram and Twitter, all the things that I've decided to, to be similar things to show the stories or the whatever, whatnot. And a lot of activists and people who have been censored are able to come on to there to be able to do a lot more content. But it makes me worry that I'm like, is this all a lie? And is this for money? Because I know, I don't know if you're going to talk about this in a minute, but the FTC just went after several creators for not doing enough to show that they were uh, sponsored. Yeah, this is something that I could talk about all day. I will say this, that like, I think a lot of creators and also platforms have been skirting lines around what is and is not sponsored content. By law, if you're if, if something is an ad, you have to, it has to be clear. It doesn't matter if you're on social media or not. And so I remember seeing that those influencers that gotten popped by the FTC for not disclosing that something is an ad. You see influencers doing all kinds of tricks where they make the sponsored or hashtag ad so tiny, you can barely see it. Maybe they put it on the on the on the Instagram story they hide it behind something all kinds of tricks but let me tell you if you are someone who is intending to be an influencer or intending to make content that is sponsored don't piss off the FTC it's not worth it it's, it's not a good idea <laughs> said by the professionals yes. yes and we've we've had to have meetings about this like I am terrified of it. I'm like, I will say like 15 times, like just so we're clear. <laughs> add, 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 add. <laughs> but going back to, because more and more, I am seeing creators that I've trusted or I follow having a co the commission being an ad for something and being confused because it feels like a normal video that I usually would watch with them with all of a sudden an insert of something. And I'm like, wait, did I just watch an ad? And it kept, like, like it's, it's odd how often it's happening. And I feel like there's definitely a pointed, like, Black Friday thing, as well as holiday deals coming up, uh, all of these. And I get enough of that with, like, Amazon. <laughs> exactly. And I guess that's my thing. I think that TikTok is unique as a shopping platform with, in terms of being what they call a, a social shopping platform, which is like a mix of social media content that is user generated and also e-commerce shopping ability. I think that exactly what you said, like there is something about TikTok that has primed me to think when I am scrolling that platform, I am just in, getting content from engaging people. When that content is actually an ad, when that content is actually trying to sell me something, something about it happening on a platform that I just have normalized as like where I get my, my funny content or whatever, just doesn't, it just doesn't, I don't know, it just feels really strange. And I think that, mm -hmm. again, when I'm on Instagram scrolling, I have a pretty good sense that like I am getting content from influencers, from people who are really polished and pretty. I feel like on TikTok, there is something that is harder for me to resist, right? On Instagram, it's like they're serving up ads for this aspirational version of the person I want to be, right? 
polished and pretty and effortless. On TikTok, they are speaking to the person that I actually am, which is like lazy and easily entertained by novelty, (laughs) right? And so like something about it being a more authentic space just also makes it a space where it's like you're more poised to, if you're me, pull the trigger on stuff that you maybe don't even need. And this was a recent development, right? Like the things that you're speaking to, the things you're seeing that's kind of a new thing on TikTok, correct? Absolutely. So what's going on is that this is the rollout of TikTok Shop, TikTok's affiliate creator program that was officially rolled out in September after months of testing. How it works is, as I said, creators that have more than 5,000 followers can get a cut of whatever they sell on the platform. TikTok takes a 5% cut as well. So the rollout for this was like not great in some of the ways we'll talk about on this episode. But with Black Friday coming up, TikTok is really kind of seeing this as a big way to test the platform, not just to be a social app, but to be a social shopping app with the potential to rival other e-commerce big platforms like your Amazons, your Shein's, things like that. Black Friday officially rolled out on TikTok last month. Wired actually did a really great breakdown of how it works. You might see stuff on TikTok for Black Friday Mm -hmm. that is like suspiciously low price. You're like, how does this make sense that this is so cheap? Well, that's because TikTok is kind of subsidizing these suspiciously low prices on this gamble that they're betting that social shopping is going to be the next big thing. So the app sellers can pick items to be discounted on their shops and then create their own markdowns, which are then further subsidized by TikTok's discounts. Kind of like how when Uber first came out, Ubers were like really cheap. You could get where you were going for like $8. And that was because Uber, the company, was subsidizing the cost and like operating at a pretty big loss in order to get us like all hooked to using Uber. And now that same ride probably is $30 or more because Uber is no longer subsidizing the cost to get us all hooked. We're all hooked now. Right. And so, yeah, so that's been happening. You're scrolling through TikTok, as you said, and you're not used to this kind of like having this authentic content and then ads. Mm-hmm. So... You you were talking about that, of how this, it's just kind of been jarring and hard for you to get suss out more what's an ad and what's not. Um, can you talk about that and why this is something that we should be talking about? Totally. So I, I think, like you said, like, there's just something about this experience on TikTok that is psychologically different. You go to Amazon out of utility, right? When I need something on Amazon, I pull up the app or I type in Amazon.com into the browser and I search what it is that I need. I buy it and I'm done. On TikTok, it it does feel more like a QVC because you're just scrolling content. So some of it is ad, some of it is non-ad content. But I think that having it be this experience where it's like, it's just stuff being served to you at least makes me a lot more eager to buy. Like I find myself buying things that I just fully do not need because of that scroll where I'm in the mindset that, oh, I'm just looking at content. I'm not necessarily trying to go shopping right now. And here's why I think that people should care and why this is actually really important. Everybody is always talking about how powerful TikTok's algorithm is, right? It feels like it can really suss out a lot about you, your needs, your insecurities, how you live your life, all of that. So when you add in that hyper-targeted feel to shopping, It can feel like it creates the conditions for folks to just buy, buy, buy without really thinking, right? Changes to the way that we shop digitally that reduce what they call friction just make it really easy, easier than ever to just click buy on something you might not even really want. And as we're all thinking about doing our holiday shopping, we should really also be having critical conversations about the way that shopping is showing up in our lives, on social media platforms, and who all of those changes really benefit. Because I would argue is not benefiting us, the person who is like, just trying to look at TikTok content without being surfaced up as every third TikTok. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. the big questions as I'm looking at this because they have added, I feel like, so many different ways to shop. Like we have that now the targeted, hey, we have a sale, you should go this, where the shop to people who are influencers saying, I found this hack, go to this place. Or the the one that drives me crazy is the Amazon finds or Amazon deals of the day. And then you go to their link and it has it on their link tree and you go through their site and they get a cost of money. There's so many different things like that where it feels like it's just a consumer mechanism now. Exactly. So I did an interview with Pretty Critical. She's a TikTok content creator who uses her platform to really have frank conversations about shopping and financial health and wellness and beauty and consumerism. And she basically said the whole thing, right? That like, it feels like a cycle. There's just so many different things on the platform that are telling you buy, 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 that it really normalizes consumption without critical thought. It makes it seem like it is totally normal to have an entire display of Stanley water tumblers of every different color of the rainbow when you could not possibly use all of them, it makes you think like, hey, this is normal. Everybody is doing this. And another thing that she pointed out in our interview, which you could listen to on my podcast, There Are No Girls on the Internet, is that you don't necessarily know the financial situation of either of like the people that you're seeing on TikTok, right? And so like this TikTok creator might be making content that feels really authentic, that makes you think like, oh, we're really similar. We're living similar kinds of lives. But you don't know that to be true. She might have a trust fund. She might have a rich partner, right? Like she might be in a totally different financial situation than you and be financially incentivized through making money in getting you to feel the connection to be like, yeah, I have a million water tumblers. You can too. That's a totally normal thing to do. And so I think all of that leads to folks feeling more and more like these platforms are just, I don't know, dystopian digital malls rather than platforms to really have conversation and connection and learn things. Amanda Mall is this journalist at The Atlantic who has been doing a lot of great coverage about how we shop online. I'll be citing a few of her pieces in this conversation, but in her piece, it's too easy to buy stuff you don't want. She points out that retailers online have really made some intentional changes to get us to do exactly what you just said, Samantha, just really easily click buy. Amanda writes, over time, those changes have become really commonplace. Like you don't have to type in a password or your credit card information every single time you shop online. Like I was really surprised when I bought something on TikTok. I bought one thing on TikTok shop once. When I went to buy something else, I was really surprised that they just saved all of my information. And it was just like, oh, you want to buy something else? Well, all you got to do is click here, one one click, right? I was like, oh, I don't think they asked for my permission to do this that I remember. I don't think like I told them to do this. It was a little sus to me how easy the platform had made it by saving all of my information. And so retailers really refer to this as friction. Friction is anything that might present a barrier between you actually making that purchase. You know, I can't tell you how many times I click buy on something only to leave it in my online cart and then like just abandon it for whatever reason. (laughs) Is that something that you've ever done? All the time. I love that when I go though, it first and foremost, at one point, TikTok people were like, hey, this is a good way to stop, stop spending money. Think about it. Just keep it in your in your car for a little while. And then if you still need it or think about it a week later, come back to it. Like if you if you wait, 
you might find out that you actually don't need it. So I did this because I am easily influenced apparently by TikTok. And yes, I leave things for a year <laughs> until it's like unavailable. And then I'm like, I guess I didn't need that. Next. Well, I once after I broke up with my ex, oh, I used to put I would I would lie awake at night and I couldn't sleep and I would put these cookies in my cart, Bridget. Oh. <laughs> I would put this dozen cookies in my cart from this place in Atlanta that delivers hot cookies all night. And one time I finally would like I'd left them there, left them there. And one time I finally was like, all right, I'm gonna do it. This woman shows up and she looks like, oh, you didn't mean to order this many cookies. Because all of the times I had put the cookies in the cart, they were oh my all God. in there. So I spent $75 on cookies for one person. What'd you do with those cookies, though? I took them outside and then destroyed them with a baseball bat because I was in a really go. dramatic part of my life. Oh, the part of the breakup that gets dramatic. Oof. Yeah. It was raining outside. Yeah, it was the whole thing. I didn't eat any of the cookies. <laughs> Which made, that's tragic to me. And I felt offended by that. Not eating yeah. the cookie. At least one. One yeah. warm cookie. I yeah. would eat the cookies. Cookie. Yeah. <laughs> um, and cry in them. That's obviously a part of that. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I think another part that bothers me about this new incentive and new ideal is that one of the reasons I did like and I did start shopping with TikTok, was that you could find independent stores, uh, small shops, small shops uh, created by marginalized people. And you kind of had a better, maybe I was being tricked, I don't know, but a better understanding of where these products were coming from and who it was benefiting. Um, I've done Christmas presents through that. I think I bought a shirt from uh, Mahogany T-shirts, mm -hmm. which has, you know, I loved her company. And I loved what she represented and I really wanted to do that. So I found her on TikTok and I loved everything about that. I uh, found other shops similar to that, that I'm like, I want to support this creator. And now it's kind of feeling like it's getting toppled by these other bigger, bigger content and bigger corporations. That's exactly what I have seen. I want to be clear that it is not all bad. Wired reports that small businesses can really see a boost from social selling on TikTok. Like shops can see a flood of interest on their products if they take off or go viral on TikTok. So I want to be clear that I'm not trying to demonize small businesses. I think that small businesses and artisans should be able to have platforms. But because of the way that TikTok shop has been rolled out, you have small business and like artisan goods also alongside goods made by like big box retailers that, whose names you would recognize. Like I think PacSun is on there. Zara is on there. Then you have like basically mass produced junk like crap that is going to break immediately. You have all of that vying on the same platform. And so I think it's great the idea that small businesses or small artists or artisans can go viral or really, you know, have a boost in sales and visibility by using a platform. I don't know that it's necessarily fair to have those small creators and small shops competing with Zara and PacSun and then also competing with like name unknown mass-produced item that costs a, a nickel to make or something. Like I almost right. feel like it doesn't necessarily create fair conditions for those small businesses and artisans to thrive. Right. And I think one of the things that uh, I'm hearing through this conversation as someone who doesn't use TikTok that much is that this sounds like a lot of other things that I have used, though. It's like the the idea of making it easier to pay, of storing your, your payment information, of removing this friction, as you say, um, removing these barriers of offering these deals. It's almost... Uh, kind of heartbreaking. I don't know. It feels like it's kind of following these other patterns, but perfecting on it or like mm -hmm. making it more difficult. Yes. And so I guess that's one of the things that I really want to point out in this episode is that we should just be aware of how all of these changes and tweaks incentivize us to buy, makes it seamless to do so, and benefits platforms and retailers. Uh, so if you have a little bit of a shopping problem, which if you do, you should definitely talk to somebody about that. But like, you are not just, it's not just happenstance. All of these digital changes make it very, very easy to buy even when you don't want the thing. Um, Amanda Mall writes, a handful of small changes to the mechanics of online shopping had begun to accumulate into something meaningful. 
advertisers were amassing stores of personal data with which to tailor their ad targeting. Retailers were offering free shipping and free returns on anything. Buy now, decide later. Browsers and operating systems were urging users to save login credentials and financial details with their software. The expanded use of payment shortcuts like Apple Pay and Shopify Shop Pay were circumventing the need to create a new account or log into an old one. Buy now, pay later services, including Klarna and Affirm, were beginning to pop up at more retailers to soften the blow of spending. In the intervening five years, these changes have become the default infrastructure of online shopping, maximizing convenience over all else in an effort to make buying things as effortless as possible. As retailers are all too eager to tell everyone, buying things online has never been so simple, so seamless, so easy. So easy, in fact, that we might all be better off with a few more speed bumps. And I, I mean, it sounds counterintuitive, but I agree. Ease and convenience is great. Like, I am not above being taken in by convenience. But when it comes to technology, convenience always comes at a cost. And so the cost is that, like, maybe we're all buying more junk than we actually mean to buy because it is so easy. And that ease, it may seem convenient to us, but actually we're losing out and it's platforms and retailers who are benefiting. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the joke that a lot of us has said that started with, in my opinion, Amazon, but it was like, to get the free shipping, I need to spend a little bit more on something else. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, are you saving more money (laughs) if you're buying something you didn't really (laughs) want or need just to get the free shipping? It's just like they've convinced us, oh, this is a deal, though. This is a deal. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And it's so effective. Like, the psychology of how we spend is fascinating. Like, and we've all felt it where you're like, Oh, well, like when you here in DC, we're having a big conversation about tipping and like how much you should tip if they do an automatic tip, whatever. And there's something about it. Like if you went to a restaurant and the hamburger was $10 and you were like, okay, that's fine. And then at the end of the meal, it's like, oh, with a 25% service fee that's mandatory. You're like, whoa, what is this? What is this like aftermarket fee that I did not know about? The psychology of that is different than if the price of that hamburger was 25% more. Like, the way that our brains work around prices and what's too high and what's like, you know, what what is like a ceiling you will not cross, it's so fascinating, but we've all experienced it, right? And so part of me can't even blame the retailers for taking advantage of these these quirks to our psychology. Yeah, (laughs) it is fascinating because it's, I think it's like you feel when you feel like you're getting scammed, as you say, um, or or you're getting the deal. Like, are you coming out on top of this thing? Are you coming out on bottom when all of it's kind of capitalism that is screwing us all over? <laughs> exactly. That's like, if I, if there was like a tagline to every piece of content I make is that it's capitalism's fault. Like, that's 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 the real the real enemy here. And something else to note is that kind of like what you were talking about, Samantha of. You know, are you getting something that is made lovingly by an artisan? Or are you getting like a piece of crap that's going to fall apart? Some of the stuff that you can buy on TikTok shop is not on the level, right? Like this is really speaking to when they first rolled out. I think that they've kind of maybe normalized some of this now. But when TikTok shop first rolled out, the platform just felt like you were getting served up ads for junk, essentially. Amanda Mall, that Atlantic journalist I talked about earlier, She talked to a TikTok spokesperson who said that their algorithm plus human moderation was supposed to weed out bad products, like if a product didn't match the the item that was shipped or if like something was wrong with it, it used a different image, that, that a human plus an algorithm was supposed to weed that out, but that sometimes it just didn't work that effectively. Amanda writes, sometimes problems go unnoticed until people start reporting issues, like the listing will use stock images that don't depict the product they're actually selling, omit important details on sizing or material or composition, or offer counterfeit and potentially unsafe products. Even legitimate listings from scrupulous sellers can make for a confusing or scammy feeling shopping experience. Because sellers create a lot of duplicate listings for the same products, that's especially common on TikTok where sellers rush to meet demand for the handful of products that have captivated the platform at any particular moment. And I think that's like why it can feel so scammy. When I was doing my research for the episode I did with that influencer, Pretty Critical, numerous people I talked to said that they would never buy anything on TikTok. They would never put their financial information into TikTok 
because something about it just made it seem like you were going to get scammed if you did. I mean, we definitely had many of stories. Do you remember the pink sauce, lady? Oh, the pink sauce. Y'all, I tried the pink sauce. Not, did I did really? not. I did not buy it on TikTok. I bought oh, okay. it at Walmart. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, but I wouldn't buy a food product on TikTok. Although right. more on that later. Right. But, um, <laughs> did you? Did anyone try it? Mm-mm. I, I, mm-mm. I don't know mm-mm. what it is. Pink food weirds me out anyway. Like that. That I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. You're more adventurous. Yeah. Pink sauce was this condiment that just a random lady on TikTok was making in her house and. It went viral. You could buy it on TikTok. It was bright pink, but then sometimes people would buy it and they were like, oh, it was more like brown. Like it was like, there was clearly not a lot of like... No consistency. Yeah, not a lot of consistency (laughs) happening. And people were like, oh, don't... Like people would get the bottles and they would be like, like, you know, when a bottle, like something is going wrong with the product and the bottle was like inflated, people would be like, oh, something's up with this. But it was actually ended up being a, a situation where because it went so viral... I think like a legitimate food retailer bought it. And that's why I was able to like buy a legitimate bottle of it in Walmart. Okay. Yeah, for the longest time, she had to stop production because she got uh, FDA coming on to her. And they're like, is this even tested? And like, she would not talk about what the ingredients were. There was milk involved and it wasn't being like, iced or anything when it was sent out. And everybody was like, okay. And everybody's bottle had different colors. (laughs) Oh my God. I, this is like such an aside. (laughs) I remember when that was happening, she went on TikTok Live and she was like, yes. people are making fun of my pink sauce because it's not FDA approved. I don't make medicine. I don't make a drug. Why would it have to be FDA approved? And it was like, honey, the first F is food, though. <laughs> you literally have to get it approved. Okay, okay. If you get people sick, you're screwed. There's a liability. But yeah, like stuff like that. I know there was a big conversation like, who is actually testing these things? Who can say and like, because she was getting big endorsements from people like, this is tasty, from people who had millions of followers because she would just send them out for free. Um, and people were like, the pickle lady. There was a pickle mm-hmm. person, too, who did the same thing. It was a similar situation that everybody, and then everybody had to backtrack, and then TikTok had to kind of backtrack and be like, okay, okay, calm down, everybody. So this actually, that's actually a good segue into another issue with, like, TikTok shop feeling a little bit scammy is the issue of, like, what happens when a product on there is not just a dupe or like a counterfeit product, but is actually harmful? Because some of the stuff that you get on TikTok, particularly stuff that you're consuming, could be harmful if it's not yeah. actually being regulated. So TikTok says that they ban the advertising and sale of all counterfeit products, quote, by ensuring the safety and authenticity of products sold on our platform we create a positive shopping experience that users can have confidence in, their policy says. However, a Guardian report back in April suggests that these rules were not being effectively enforced, with illicit beauty products routinely being promoted to users via their content feeds and search results. TikTok, again, takes a cut. So that means that the platform was effectively profiting off of the sale of illegal and or counterfeit goods. And so again, it's not just that this is like can be scammy or can be like counterfeit or whatever. It can be harmful. TikTok bans the sale of prescription-only medicines, such as acne skin cream or skin whitening creams that contain certain banned ingredients. But if you're on skincare TikTok, when the skin product Tretinoin was taking off on the platform, which you need a prescription for, you could buy it easily on TikTok shop. So there's a reason why that skincare product is prescription only. It can lead to interactions with other medications and cause fetal abnormalities if taken while you're pregnant. And so it is recommended that you use it under a doctor's supervision. But if you're just buying it on TikTok, you're obviously not using it under a doctor's supervision. The Guardian actually spoke to Dr. Jane Ravenscroft of the British Association of Dermatologists, who said that the sale of illicit skincare creams was a major concern and a major public health risk. She says... Unfortunately, people selling these prescription products illegally are preying on people's insecurities and naivete. Social media adds fuel to this fire. TikTok did eventually block searches for a tretinoin and removed listings from third-party vendors that referred to that ingredient after The Guardian published this report. But yeah, it's not just that these products can be scammy or spammy or just counterfeit or not at the level. They could hurt you. Like, if you take the, the, a medication the wrong way, it can mess you up. If you eat something that has not been FDA approved and is a weird color and it's like 
a, a dairy product that has not been kept cold, you can get really sick. Like this is <laughs> not a game, it's serious. Right. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy... Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Yeah, and I think one thing about this that, again, I find interesting about the human psyche is that I once tried to get desperately, I wanted these contacts for cosplay. They're illegal uh, in the U.S. And I was like, but I can get them, though. And I could. I found a way I could buy them. But no, there should have been a part of my mind that was like, wait, though. (laughs) (laughs) And I never used them. But I think, like, it's a mistake to think, that people who are buying these things are stupid or they're not intelligent. I think it's a mistake. If it's available and easy to buy, I totally understand it. Like, I totally get it, especially if you're seeing people that you follow, maybe respect, relate to using a product, and you're like, okay, well, they are using it. They're fine. I'll use it too. So I think that's a key thing to say. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad you added that. I, yeah, like... I don't think that anybody who is buying things and, like, diligently searching for them to buy them, even if they're not, like, approved or whatever, if they're legal, illegal here, I don't think it's on them. It is on the platform. Like, I don't think that a platform should be then making money from that, from that. I don't think they should get, I don't think that a platform should get a cut from someone who has, like, made the decision to seek out something that maybe is not legal here for whatever reason, right? Like, there's, I'm big into sunscreens. There's all kinds of sunscreens that I like to use that you can't just go into CVS in the United States and buy, right? But like, I think it's different when a platform, a private company is taking a cut of that illegal transaction, right? Like there's been a whole a whole situation of like parents who unfortunately lost their kids because their kids bought illegal drugs on platforms like TikTok or Snapchat, which apparently is like not really that difficult. Imagine then if TikTok or Snapchat was also taking a cut of that sale, right? Like that wouldn't be acceptable. And I think, I mean, it's really an issue of like, I don't blame the individual who's making that choice, but I don't think that platforms should be financially benefiting from it because then it's incentivized. Absolutely. So as you said, this is a pretty new thing and uh, TikTok shop, and it's been a little bit of a rough rollout. What do you think is in the future for it? Is it here to stay? This is a great question. I guess the answer I will give is maybe. TBD, we will see. I I think it kind of depends on how Black Friday goes for TikTok. Um, This kind of shopping functionality is much more common in China, where TikTok is based, with brands like Timu. And I think that TikTok is kind of betting that it will take off here too. It's a lot less like Amazon. Like when I first started researching this, I was like, oh, they're trying to be like Amazon with content. It's more like Shein with content, right? So like imagine if like Amazon, Shein, and TikTok all merged into one super app where you consumed content and also made content and also shopped. Social and live shopping is huge across Asia. 
Wired reports that in China alone, live shopping is expected to drive nearly 20% of online shopping this year. And I think that it's when when Elon Musk decided that he was going to try to change the name of Twitter to X, I think that he was trying to turn X into like a super app where you are having making social content, talking to people, but also banking, also watching video, right? Like, I don't know if that is going to really take off in the United States. Like, I think it's a bit of a cultural shift to that that sort of thing. Um, Facebook and Instagram both tried to do live shopping functionality and then later phase them out, so it didn't work for them. And I just think that maybe we're not really, I don't know, I don't know if we are really down to shop that way in the United States. Like, look at Amazon. When I shop, unfortunately, I do use Amazon. I know, I know. I like to buy my groceries from Whole Foods when I can, uh, which Amazon owns. I use One Medical as my healthcare provider, Amazon owns that too. Here in DC, my local newspaper is the Washington Post. Well, guess who owns that? Amazon. I'm not thrilled about this. And I don't think that most people are thrilled with the idea of one place being where they get a lot of their needs met. And I think that TikTok is kind of betting that this is just the inevitable future of the internet and social media and commerce, and that we're all going to get used to it. I saw a report that TikTok is actually planning on selling and delivering groceries in the United States soon. Um, I haven't been able to verify that, but I did see a report indicating that. It might sound hard to believe, but in 2022, TikTok did announce that people could now purchase fresh and frozen food directly from TikTok shop in the UK. So it's not that far-fetched that they would then be like, well, we want to be where you make content, where you consume content, where you get your groceries, where you buy your novelty goods, everything. And I think that's kind of my point in bringing this to you all today is that like, you know, with technology like this, it may start out as convenient, but convenience always comes at a cost when it comes to technology. If one tech company becomes the end-all be-all of how we consume everything, how we buy everything, we could see a dynamic where they can really do whatever they want because what are we going to do? Go elsewhere? They're everything, you know? Mm -hmm. Amazon's trying to sell cars. I know, (laughs) I saw at what point is it like, you, we don't need to get everything from you. Like, there are other, if Stop I want to get a car, I can, like, are they going to sell houses? Like, what's next? What is happening? Yeah, I will. I find it interesting that TikTok has got done this because, again, we've talked about the algorithm. And so when you click on something for... I've done this on Facebook. This is where I'm like, I feel like a boomer, where I've accidentally clicked on a link of advertising. And then that from then on, I just kept getting that one advertising. So I'm thinking like with TikTok being the way their algorithm is, it's kind of similar to that where they just get almost obsessive. <laughs> like you saw this one thing. I'm going to show you 20 times. This is the yes. one thing. So how does that, how that, that's going to kind of break TikTok in my head? Because that's not what, like you want the algorithm, but not that very specific algorithm. Yeah, I don't want to be stalked by one pair of boots that I happen to click on once that I might not even want. Like, that's just not the experience that I want for my digital ecosystem. It's like, I, I just I just think that we deserve better. Like, I think that, you know, it makes me feel a bit sad that, like, the end-all be-all of the promise of technology is, like, how can we get people to click on stuff and and sell them things? Like, I want to have digital media platforms where I'm learning things, where I'm experiencing right. things, where I'm having community. And it just makes me sad that, like, it seems like the end-all be-all is just, like, how can we sell more junk? I hate that. Right. right. And then talking about the fact that TikTok was originally for younger generations, younger kids, and how easy it is to buy, this could be a parent's worst nightmare. <laughs> oh, yes. NBC actually did a report all about how minors, like young people, are selling products on TikTok shop, even though that is against TikTok's policies. All they have to do is lie about their age. But like, just imagine like me, a grown woman getting sold a pair of leggings by like a 16 year old in between their classes. It is just dystopian. It's just very weird. Oh, that makes me sad. Yeah, I was going to say dystopian too, because it feels like not only are they trying to all of these tech companies are trying to take over, like, every avenue of our lives. It's hard to imagine the time before something like Amazon for me. Um, But it's also, they want you to spend all of your time there. All of your time consuming the content, buying the things. And it's just like a cycle where you're trapped and all of your time is right there. 
Yes. And that is exactly the dynamic that I want for all of us to break free from. Like, we already give these platforms so much. They already take so much from us. They don't have to take everything. And I guess I worry that we're going to get to a place where this is going to be more normalized. That, like, they just, they want all of your time and all of your money and all of your energy. And I don't think we should give it to them. So this holiday, I really want us to make smart choices about how and what and why we buy. You know, if you're finding yourself buying stuff that you don't need on social media, ask some questions. Like, do you really need that item? Put it in your cart and see how that feels for a while. Don't don't click buy right away. Are you clicking this because it's easy, because you're bored, because it's like a dopamine hit? Like, really ask some questions about why it is you're buying things. Oh, and if you really hate TikTok shop and you don't want to see any more of those eligible for commission videos, you can actually turn it off. If you go to your profile on TikTok, open the menu in the top right, hit settings and privacy, content preferences, filter video keywords, and then add hashtag TikTok shop. You will not have to see those ads anymore. My holiday gift from me to you, (laughs) you're welcome. Thank you. I need that. (laughs) I love that. And I actually was thinking about this. I think it'd be interesting to come back after this has been around for a little bit longer because you also did the episode, Bridget, on de-influencing on TikTok. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the, there's an interesting intersection there of like, that was happening where people were saying, okay, let's get de-influenced and now you have TikTok shop. So what does that look like? That's such an interesting question. I'm so curious to see because like, I do think that people want like more authentic online experiences that are not just like buy, buy, buy. And I think that's why we saw de-influencing pop up as a trend. So how will that bump up alongside TikTok shop taking off? We will see. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you so much as always, Bridget, for taking the time, for breaking this down for us. Um, We'd love to have you. Hopefully we'll have you back for some Scream stuff um, along with the tech content that we love. Where can the good listeners find you? You can find me at my podcast, There Are No Girls on the Internet. You can find me on Instagram at Bridget Marie in DC or on Twitter at Bridget Marie. Thank you again so much. Um, And listeners, if you would like to contact us, you can. You can find us, email us at stephanieandmomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at stephanieandmomstuff.com. Uh, We have a book that you can get wherever you get your books. Uh, We have a Public store. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. Thank you. Thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.